Welcome back to another episode of Running Through Rivers with me, your host, Shannon Rivers. Okay, so today we're talking about language and I thought that this would be a good chance, a good time to, um, to talk about language because I've had a couple of, uh, conversations recently about language and, and how to get things right all the time when language is changing all the time and we don't really know how, when things are going to go from one day to the next. Right? It's, it's a really important, um, conversation to have because, Language is really beautiful, right? Um, language, is, language changes with societal struggles and is shaped by the collective construction of social justice. And really, it's like a huge part of changing things, right? Of that theory of change. Language builds bridges. It changes minds. But it, there is a paradox with language because there's language is heavy and it can constitute and perpetuate negative social identities and you know can continues those stereotypes it's a thing that we're trying to move away from and when when i'm talking about language today um i'm talking about inclusive language right the move from exclusive language to inclusive language and, and how that can shape organizational culture and our interactions interpersonally and our personal beliefs, right? And how all of these kind of pinnacle points about language can create a society that embraces difference, embraces diversity, um, celebrates inclusion and ultimately creates equity and language around equity, right? Inclusive language, which is what we're talking about today, right, is, is something that is used to counter some of those stereotypical ex- assessments that deny respect, dignity, and opportunity for, for other people. And I want to kind of caveat this, that inclusive language isn't just for marginalized groups, because there's a reality of using in inclusive language um, that reflects a very real potential to affect everyone in society. There's um, this kind of built-up sense that when we use inclusive language, it has to be um, only towards marginalized people. It should apply to everyone, regardless of their age, height, weight, appearance, or on a number of dimensions, personality, and so much more. And it's an issue, this language changing and inclusive inclusive language. um, We all have a vested interest in it. And interestingly, you know, when I, when I think back to kind of like childhood and, and, uh, 
words and the way that we spoke about language, right? So I'm sure that everyone has heard sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you, right? Um, what it what that is meant to do is supposed to say that there's an indifference to verbal assaults, right? But having grown up in in society <laughs> and the society that I've lived in, you know, um, words are really painful and can be really impactful and words matter. And so inclusive language is, um, is, has been built to bring people in, to welcome people in, to help people feel unlimited by any of their kind of demographics. Um, inclusive language asks that we try that we do things to change it, to change deeply embedded habits, to consider implications of words and phrases that have long gone unchallenged. It encourages us to dig deeper into empathy and imagine experiences that aren't our own, to walk a mile in someone else's shoes, right? Words can prime us towards psychological safety or psychological strain. And using words as currency is the way that we have the best impact. Inclusive language um, kind of harks back to this concept of, of tolerance and a legitimate respect for other people. It appears recently that we've re- regressed into a state of self-absorption and we're really focused on our right to language autonomy, that we should be able to say whatever we want, whenever we want, no matter what. And the problem with that is that we don't exist in a vacuum. And so there is a need to balance kind of that free speech, I can say whatever I want um, at any time because I have free speech against harmful speech. When does your freedom of speech impede someone else's life, right? And there is a kind of um, igniting of a war on culture, right? Stoking flames of um, wokeness mania. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm imploring that we have some perspective here. Um, we often forget that respect is a basic premise of positive social interaction. And that premise, right? Respect requires reciprocity reciprocity and really we have to evaluate and reflect on what the cost is to add a few words to our own vocabularies versus the potential harm to others when we use exclusive language right and it seems like like to me and I'm sure to a lot of you listening it seems like a moot point to argue because we engage in pointless diatribe about who's woke and who's not, right? And language is is becoming more and more unnecessarily political. It's a problem that there's uh, a lot of focus on what you can't say rather than all that you can say through the world of linguistics. Like the, the English language is so large that we can avoid using harmful and heavy words by replacing them with other words because there's so many words 
so many underused words in the English language, right? The breadth and depth of language can be used to really kind of build up people who've been historically exposed to marginalizing language. And that point is often overlooked. Like, how can we kind of edify and build in some kind of inclusion into society without changing language, right? Language is dynamic. We should be changing it, you know? Inclusive language is simply about expanding our own lexicon. It's, and it's telling us not to be needlessly offensive. And what it isn't is censorship. It's just an adjustment to how we express ourselves and present um, the opportunity for us to become better communicators while caring for those we're communicating with, right? And it isn't easy, and I'm not saying that it is, right, easy to traverse, like, what's appropriate and what's not and the changes and, and all of this, right? Because there's not always a consensus um, among people that it relates to, and language is always evolving. Like, there isn't a right answer all of the time. While it can sometimes feel like the goalpost is constantly moving and, you know, um, what I will tell you is that we have to have compassion, right? We have to uh, move through kind of the changing and evolving language with maturity and humility, vulnerability and authenticity. Um, and because what we say is what we thought, right? And when we say something, it's really hard to conceal those kind of true values and beliefs that we have. And so because of that, the kind of move towards inclusive language requires sincerity. It's about embracing inclusive attitudes that will, um, that will come out of your mouth, right? So the, the things that we think come out of our mouth in, this, in the things that we say. And people in this respect are not fooled, right? There is a certain strength and humility and vulnerability and a sharing of naivete and desiring to learn. And that sincerity can be uh, reciprocated and appreciated. Um, and it shows that other people, that you're putting their feelings ahead of your own, which I think is such an undervalued way to move through the world and to move through conversations. It's saying that you have an awareness that inappropriate language is a problem. It's saying that I know that I might have a personal sh um, shortcoming that calls for patience through um, the learning process. I might be asking someone that I'm speaking to to just bear with me while I try to get this right, right? And because that kind of um, respect positions our intent as sincere, um, it can be kind of overlooked or less problematic when you make a mistake. And I say when because we're all going to make mistakes because language is changing and we're on this journey of learning and we are doing all of this stuff, right? And we're trying to get it right all of the time. And if we're moving through the world with sincerity, humility, vulnerability, authenticity, right? We are saying, I know I'm going to make a mistake and it's okay. I'm going to lean into that and I'm going to learn from it. 
okay? So important, right? And because we're moving through the world in that way, most, of, most people will forgive us if we make a mistake, if, the, if our other behaviors are respectful and we're, we're really like um, inhibit, in, inhabiting our bodies and our societies with, and our cultures with inclusion at the heart, right? So what does this matter and why am I talking about it? So recently I had a conversation um, in the inbox of a friend of mine about the word tribe, right? And it's a, it's kind of, this is a cyclical kind of conversation that I have a lot, right? Every few years it comes back into everyone's kind of lexicon and, and I'm just like, you know, with so many words in the English language that we could use that don't um, evoke this visceral reaction, right, about wild and savage and, um, you know, just the stereotypes that you, you think when you hear the word tribe, right? We could use village, people, network, you know, there's loads of community, loads of words that we could be using instead. But it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard for us to like, remove some of this language, right? It's hard for us to, uh, to kill those old, old habits that we've got and those, those words that seep in, you know? And like one of the things that I struggled with a few years ago, and I learned a really cool trick and I'm going to share it with you in just a moment. But one of the things I struggled with a few years ago was using the word crazy. Like, oh, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. I had such a crazy day like that, right? And what I did, so this doesn't really help with mouths, I guess. It does in some ways. But what I did, I was, I was communicating a lot um, through text and online. And so what I did is I went into the dictionary on my phone and I typed in crazy and made it change it to ridiculous, right? And so every time that I kind of typed out the word crazy, it would autocorrect to ridiculous. So before I send a text, I'm like reading it back and I'm going, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm choosing another word, right? So if I didn't want to, if ridiculous didn't fit, why was I using crazy, right? Because what what I mean, and there's so many different ways, and this is why language is so important and why there's so many words, right? Because if ridiculous doesn't fit, then find a better word, Find a word that really emotes and gets across what you're wanting to say, right? That is more inclusive, but is also more specific because specificity is so important, right? And I talk about specificity a lot in some of the workshops that I run because the more specific and the more uh, kind of on point that we are, the more impactful the message. And it's the same with inclusive language, right? And really, when we're talking about um, companies, right, um, we are asking that companies are, are kind of leading the charge to create a sense of inclusivity in their cultures and inside of their organizations. Because there's risk of offense externally, right? But it becomes less likely when we have more people who are different to us inside of our businesses. 
right? Um, in globalized organizations, it's nearly impossible to know about all customs and cultures. But when you kind of can um, create that kind of inclusion, um, there's greater need for clarity through language policies that reduce uncertainty. Inclusive language is a signal of the culture of an organization. And it can dictate the caliber of the applicant pool and it can help you retain talent and I could paint the business case for you all day, right? Um, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> because that's not what we're here for. And if you want to know about the business case for an inclusive language, then hire me. <laughs> um, but it also, inclusive language inside of workplaces also supports individual authenticity. People tend to be more creative, more productive, right? Um, because constraints have been removed, right? Um, and there's a component of like insider knowledge that can increase who you're talking to and how you're talking to them. Um, and that encourages people to become more loyal to the brand, to the organization, right? Um, and it, it helps, it helps the bottom line. If you want to know how, you know what to do. <laughs> Check the show notes for contact information. If you're really interested in how this can affect, um, your business. And the most basic responsibility of a company, right, is to do no harm. That includes examining and eliminating any biases that exist within your structures, um, including active defining of appropriate language. What language can we use? And no, compliance isn't enough, right? If I comply with the EA, then I'm fine. The Equality Act of 2010, I'm fine, right? No, it, that's not enough. We need to go deeper. And it's about in developing a culture of inclusivity, right? And how do you do that? How do you, how do you um, assess how inclusive your business is? You do a document review. You do a culture review. You do interviews and focus groups and surveys and all of this stuff, right? And then you hire someone to write a report. That's me, right? <laughs> but ultimately, right, there's power in words at the individual and the corporate level. We have to consider um, the opportunity cost here, how changing just a few words can open the door for many individuals. Um, it increases what you see on your bottom line and inclusive language reflects a growing respect for others and it pays homage to concepts of inclusion, diversity, equity, right? By acknowledging the ability of language to shape and reflect reality, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives become more powerful vehicles for social change, inclusion, and justice. And isn't that what we want for all of society, for all of the organizations that we interact with, right? So I'm interested to, uh, to know what you can do today to change the way that you view language, how you, what's one thing that you can do? Is it that thing that I said about changing crazy in your dictionary to ridiculous and seeing if it fits when you write it, right? Is it being more specific with your language? Is it, um, is it understanding that we're going to make mistakes? What's one thing 
that you can do today to change the way that you use language and the way that you view language, right? So I hope that this episode was helpful to you. Um, And, you know, I think it's really important as well to acknowledge that you'll hear me on this podcast make mistakes, right? In language. I usually correct myself, (laughs) right? But I don't dwell on it. I just move on. I correct myself and move on. I go, oh, I meant, mm, and I move on, right? And that that's how we should be dealing with mistakes that we make in all of the language that we have. Like we talk every day to people. You listen to podcasts, you interact with your family and friends and colleagues at work and, you know, people at the grocery store and people out in public and, you know, all of this stuff. And so if you can change one thing about the way that you communicate today to be more inclusive, less exclusive, and you're moving through the world with humility, vulnerability, authenticity, and sincerity, you're doing a really good job. And at the end of the day, we are all going to make mistakes because that's part of the journey. Thanks for being here. You've been listening to another episode of Running Through Rivers with me, your host, Shannon Rivers. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, I would really appreciate it if you would uh, review it, leave a couple of comments um, on my socials, find me on social media, the the links are in the show notes, Um, and I would love to connect with you about language. Um, If you have any questions for me, you can also email me, my email's in the show notes as well. Thanks for being, for tuning in for another episode and know that conversations with my mom part two will be up next Thursday. Um, I can't wait for you to hear some more of our conversation. Take care.